0: Are you ready Christine? I sure
1: am. Are you ready Ma? Uh Uh-huh. Let's go. Let's go to Detroit, Michigan. I didn't know that's where we were at first. I think we were there with the whiz. Oh that's right when we were easing on down the road. We were easing on down the road. This time we are... (laughs) <laughs> we are doing 1984's Beverly Hills Cop, the or Ridge and all. A street smart Detroit police officer is tracking down his good friend's killer in Beverly Hills. The particulars. Particulars.
0: Beverly Hills Cop premiered or was released widely in the United States of America on December 5th, 1984. It's produced by Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. Now, ah. growing, growing up, I thought that Don Simpson was the same as Donnie Simpson, a Washington area uh, legendary disc jockey in the DMV area. So I was <laughs> like, this man can do it all. No. Two different people, Don Simpson and Donnie Simpson. So along with Jerry Bruckheimer, they produced Days of Thunder, Flashdance, Top Gun, Crimson Tide, Bad Boys, and The Rock. Jerry Bruckheimer terminated their partnership in 1995 due to Don Simpson's escalating drug use. And then Don Simpson died in 1996 Jerry Bruckheimer went on to produce CSI, Con Air, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Amazing Race, and he's also co-founder and co-majority owner of the NHL's Seattle Kraken. Director is Martin Brest, who also directed Midnight Run, Scent of a Woman, Meet Joe Black, and Geely we we'll yeah. have to do that sometime. We will. I've never seen Julie. I haven't either. Only heard things. Uh, screenplay is by Daniel Petri Jr., who also wrote Turner and Hooch, The Big Easy, and Toy Soldiers. The story is by Daniel Petri Jr. and Danilo Bach, who also wrote Deadly Drifter and Someone to Watch Over Me. And in doing all my, like, tasty titties for this, it seems like everybody claims that they came up with the idea for (laughs) Beverly Hills Cop. Don Simpson says it was him. Michael Eisner says it was him. Like, everybody feels like they were the ones that came up with the idea. And this story was in production, in development, for a very long time. Uh, The music is by Harold Faltermeyer, who is a German man. Yeah, well. He wrote the, in this the famous Axel F, which we reenacted for you at the top of this podcast.
1: <laughs> he also is I the, know you could under, I know you know what exactly what it was. Nailed it.
0: He also did top, the Top Gun anthem uh, and Fletch and Fletch Lives and Midnight Express. The director of photography is Bruce Surtees who also did play Misty for me and Risky Business and Dirty Harry and Lenny and Nerd Alert. Remember, he is the son of Robert L. Surtees, who also, so his dad did, was the director of photography on the bad and the beautiful, the graduate, the sting and 1967's Dr. Doolittle, which I thought was an interesting little tie in. Oh yeah. The editor is
1: Billy Weber Any relation? I'm sure he is. (laughs) William Weber, Uncle Willie. We called him Willie, but then he got in the business and he changed it to Billy. To Billy. He also edited The Warriors,
0: Top Gun, and Miss Congeniality, to name a few.
1: Oh, I like that.
0: Starring Eddie Murphy as Detective Axel Foley. Eddie Murphy was 22.
1: He was so young. So young. So Uh remember...
0: He was in Trading Places, Harlem Knights, Coming to America, The Nutty Professor. You know him. Mean, he's Eddie fucking Murphy. And upcoming Netflix film directed by Kenya Barris, co-written by Kenya Barris and Jonah Hill called You People. Listen to this cast. Jonah Hill, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Mike Epps, Sam Jay, Andrea Savage, and that's just to name a few.
1: Wow. I'm very excited for you people. Because I loved his show, um, Black as Fuck, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't renewed for a second season. See, that's what happened. It was too black. It was, because everything, at the end of every episode, it was was because of slavery. slavery. And it was. Weird.
0: We have Judge Reinhold as Detective William Billy Rosewood. A very young Judge Reinhold. He was in Stripes, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and Ruthless People. John Ashton as Sergeant John Taggart. He was in Midnight Run, Some Kind of Wonderful, and Little Big League. Lisa Albacher. She was Jenny Summers. She was a child actress in Gunsmoke. Oh, I have seen her over there at the old homestead and also an officer and a gentleman and never say die. Steven Burkhoff as Victor Maitland. He was in a clockwork orange, Octopussy, Ooh. the girl with the dragon tattoo. And I never saw this, but I remember hearing about it. It was a mini series called war and remembrance. And yes, he played Hitler. Ooh. I wonder though if he put in contacts because he is a blue eyed gentleman and I feel that Hitler would have been a little too happy to be played by oh a blue God. eyed actor. So yeah. I, I hope that he, he toughed it out and put in those dark contacts. Yeah. Because we do if there's one thing, we do not want to appease that man. Uh we have Ronnie Cox as Lieutenant Andrew Bogomel. <laughs> I butchered that name. Uh, He was in Deliverance, RoboCop, and Being the Ricardos. He was the old Bob Carroll in Being the Ricardos that was just out. Jonathan Banks as Zach, a.k.a. Mike from Breaking Bad. He was also in Airplane, 48 Hours, and Stir Crazy. James Russo as Mikey Tandino. He was also in Were No Angels, Donnie Brasco, and Django Unchained. We have Paul Reiser a young yes. riser as Jeffrey. He was in Aliens, My Two Dads, Mad About You, and most recently Stranger Things and The Kaminsky Method. Gil R. Hil- Gilbert R. Hill or Gil Hill as Inspector Douglas Todd. He so Gil Hill wanted to as a child or a youngster. He wanted to go to Harvard. I'm not Harvard. He went to go to Howard, but he couldn't afford it. So he joined the Air Force and he was stationed near Detroit and he decided to return there once he got out. And he eventually became a police officer. And he was also involved in the Atlanta child murders of
1: 1979.
0: Oh, wow. And he's also mentioned by white boy Rick. And if you watch any documentaries or know anything about white boy, Rick, he was an informant. He was an American drug trafficker and FBI informant around the Detroit area and white boy. No, it's crazy. Like white boy, Rick doesn't really have nice things to say about the Detroit uh, police department,
1: well, which
0: uh, yeah. oh, unbelievable. Um, he was also in real life. Gil Hill was the runner-up to the 2001 Detroit mayoral, mayoral election. Wow! Mm-hmm. And the only other films he used in is Beverly Hills Cop 2 and Beverly Hills Cop 3, because he was more into politics and that kind of thing. We have Bronson Pinchot as Serge. <laughs> we did. He was also in Risky Business, True mar- Romance. And I know him as Balky Bartokomus in Perfect Strangers. Yes. That was a funny show. He also has narrated over a hundred audio books. Really? Yes. Even won an award for it. And we have Damon Wayans. This was yes. his film debut as Banana Man. You know him from In Living Color, The Last Boy Scout, Major Payne*, My Wife and Kids. And those are your particulars.
1: Well... The film starts with Eddie Murphy as Axel Foley trying to sell hot cigarettes. We find out that Alex is a Detroit undercover cop who does not play by the rules. We meet Axel's best friend from back in the day, freshly out of prison. He was a security guard at a Beverly Hills art studio. MacGuffin, gallery MacGuffin, MacGuffin. gallery thank you and he was executed in detroit axel <laughs> sets off to serve his murder what could go wrong oh hijinks ensue yes so we do have a poc count
0: I just put it at three because there, I think there's three speaking parts. We have Axel, we have the Inspector Gil Hill, and there was another black cop in Beverly yeah. Hills.
1: There should have been more. It was Detroit. Okay, now, power of cast. I I have, um like... At the beginning, they just showed so many street shots of Detroit, Mm -hmm. and this was in 84. Detroit had been going downhill since the steel industry was not, I mean, the car industry was messing up, and so it was very um, run down, shut up, you know, in tatters, and so you go from that to Beverly Hills, is that. Camster. I sort kind of opposite of that actually mm.
2: I read I'm not not that you're wrong I so a lot of the like when I was like reading stuff sorry Mac is having a moment again. what else is new um, I read an article on it's called the website is blackgirlnerds.com. Yes I read I read it? that too and she said um, I did, just about the opening. Uh, the author is not a she, it's a Wayne Broadway. Um, <clears throat> wrote that you would think like they're showing Detroit's derelict parts compared to Beverly Hills' glamour, but instead, the movie provides these images in addition to showing smiling faces inhabiting ha- them. There are people uh-huh. hard at work at the audio, auto plant, there are folks of all colors. Brown bagging liquor and hanging out on the stoop, their kids playing in front of burnout buildings, oblivious or unconcerned with their surroundings. If this sounds depressing, it isn't. Beverly Hills Cop is a comedy that, with all its sincere moments and parodying of uptight upper class attitudes, inadvertently celebrates Detroit in all its grit and grime. Yeah, it's
1: outstanding.
2: It was
0: multicultural. I mean, they had like the they had the white lady who it looked like it was the white mom drinking out of the brown paper bag and passing it to her daughter. So
2: I was like, hey, look at this. Sounds like a Friday evening
1: for us. <laughs> I know. Well, and I
2: also like because I don't think I'd ever seen this movie. Um there was an article on Vulture. Did you read that one, Aaron? Of um, this guy who grew up, Alden Ford, He, yes. Okay. he's watching comedy classics be, that he's never seen before because he grew up in a cave in Alaska. And so he was like, I prepare myself to hate this movie. It's a terrible premise on paper. Uh, he wrote, cool black Detroit rookie cop goes vigilante in LA and is thwarted by ultra white by the book Beverly Hills Police. What could go wrong? Um, that's a recipe for disaster. Imagine the broad, cliche, racist, fish-out-of-water shitstorm this movie could have been. Um, and he's saying how all of his friends are like, yeah, that's a good one a great movie, but, like, nobody really cares much about it. But, uh, I mean, a lot of the reasoning that I think it didn't turn into as much of that, uh, he said most of the cringeworthy oil-and-water race culture pitfalls are miraculously avoided in part due to the fact that the script was not written for Eddie Murphy, but was written for a white man playing that role. So it's not like those jokes were written into the script. Right. Um, Right. But uh, yeah, that's all I have. Excellent. And that's it for me.
0: (laughs) Well, for cast, I have to, I have to be the wet blanket and bring it up. Bring it up. This movie is kind of copaganda. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I didn't get into that yeah, part of that
2: that, the, that um that article. The rest <laughs> of that is about that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I was like I'll let you take that one.
0: <laughs> so copaganda is it's oh uh, I forget what the word is, but it's cop propaganda. So it's propaganda is information, especially of a biased or misleading nature used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. <laughs> this is probably, like, everything in this world. Um, so for this, so copaganda is when <clears throat> all media is made an effort to show police as being uncomplicatedly friendly, heroic, and good. And their goodness is used to outweigh the few individual bad apples that are the ones that are... Uh, responsible for all of the brutality and taking people's rights away and terrorizing Americans. Um, And the the one-dimensional aspect of cops being solely friends and allies to the public at large actually does more harm than offering a truthful depiction of the deeply violent and racist nature of police work in America. So you see it in social media posts by police departments showing cops playing with little kids. Mm. Um, Meanwhile, protesters are all depicted as all criminals who belong behind bars. This week in California, a 20-year-old black man named Quan Green was shot by police after he was a hero. He acted heroically, and he was at a restaurant in California, and there was an argument, and he disarmed a man with a gun that was going to use it. And when the cops... The cops were in the neighborhood. They were... uh, I think there was, like, a report of a homicide. And then that call came in. And so then the cops rushed over, and Kwan had the gun, and the cops were like, put the gun down! And four seconds later, just shot him. Just boom, boom, boom. Luckily, he is alive and is in the hospital, but the cops... uh, He was shot multiple times, and they... Handcuffed him to his hospital bed and insisted on treating him as a suspect, mm. despite all the bystanders and people saying, like, this guy saved so many people's lives and stuff. And footage showing, like, the cops saying, put the gun down. And, you know, time does crazy things. He says, put the gun down, but you have to wait for the person who has just disarmed a man and, like, adrenaline to have time to understand processed. what it is. Process. Yeah, 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 exactly. Process. Processed. Well, no, it's like put the gun down. He didn't. He shot. And then it just it makes me think of all these, you know, Second Amendment rights and stuff. And it it's just funny because the thing that nobody ever talks about is how are the cops gonna know who the bad guys are? Oh, ha. color. I I got it. Cast. Um, so the there was a the Color of Change, which is a group. In 2019, they came out with a 154-page report called normalizing injustice, the dangerous misrepresentations that define television scripted crime genre. And they looked at the television season from 2017 to 2018 and found that 78% of the writers were white and 20 out of the 26 series had either just one black writer or no black writers. Mm -hmm. And so that's just the depictions of the, you know, the television shows and the stuff that that we see that kind of like reinforces, you know, the the propaganda. And so the um, an explanation or the examples from this film would be when how Axel Taggart assaults him, doesn't know he's a cop, punches him in the stomach. That's assault. And then when Taggart's boss comes over, is like, do you want to press charges? Axel says no. So he goes in, you know, he. He um, never rats out other cops, and that's a big problem. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, When Axel lies to his bosses and other cops, that's just portrayed as something any good cop would do in the pursuit of justice. So it's just all of these things that it's, it's just... Yeah, you know, I don't want to be a, like a wet blanket because I definitely enjoyed this film and had a lot of fun with it. But it is really insidious when you look at how that the they just stack, subtly stack these building blocks on your thought to reinforce like, oh, no, it's not the system of policing. It's just a few bad apples. And right.
1: They, you know, right.
0: you're just like, oh, because then in the movie, like at the very beginning, that first scene there's Axel on the back of a truck talking with this white guy and the cops come and okay. What are the chances that the cops would just see two white men in the back of a truck and just drive by, you know, and not think anything of it. Maybe depending on the neighborhood, maybe they would, but seeing like a black guy and a white guy in the back of a truck in an alley in Detroit, like they stopped and they completely busted up the man's undercover gig and then, um, and then they like blamed, h- like him for it, Axel for it. And then finally, when Axel gets tossed out of the window, that's uh-huh. in the film that's really played more for class. And so I think that, depending on your eyes watching it, like mine, I'm like, dude, that's so racist. And and you know, the audience that is people of color, are like, oh, that's racist. But then. I think the reason why this was such a big hit was then other people who are of European descent maybe could watch it and just be like, oh, no, it's because he's, he's the riffraff. He's, he's not of the same class as the Beverly Hills. And so it can kind of um, muddy the waters as far and like, oh, it's the class, not caste, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. It makes you feel better. He says when he gets tossed out the window... You're arresting me for getting thrown out of a window.
0: Hmm? Yeah. So that's my power of cast. Okay,
1: good one.
0: Cop, what is it? Cop. Propaganda. <sighs> and it, you, it's it's like everywhere. <laughs> it's crazy. Even my beloved Law and Order. We're like, yeah, yeah,
1: propaganda. Okay, so now we are to nerd alerts. Mhm. I have a few. Oh, okay. So at one point, what? Uh, okay. So Eddie Murphy checks into a Beverly Hills hotel, mm-hmm. and um, he is paying two hundred thirty-five dollars a night for that hotel in nineteen eighty-four. Today it would be six hundred forty-six dollars and seventy-eight cents. No, that was two thousand two, so it'd be. Oh even my gosh! Yeah. Like a thousand? <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the one hundred thirty thousand dollars? That's what he owed somebody for all the damage he'd done.
0: Oh, that was that the price tag of the Detroit Carnage? Thing? Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so one hundred thirty thousand dollars in eighty four in twenty two was. 354986 So pretty much $355,000. But I don't even believe that. I believe that would have been, way- is that
0: just people throwing shade on Detroit? Like, I feel like it well, would have true. been way more money than that. Yeah. You know, like power lines coming down and all of that.
1: And then the home of the, um, of the uh, Russian oligarch? No, he wasn't. Was he? The know. rich
0: dude. It seems European of some sort.
1: Um, six oh nine Palm Branch Way. I looked that up, and there was a place in Pansentia, California, Ooh. but that wouldn't be. I wondered if that house was a real house on a real street. And there is a place in Santa Monica at the Pacific Palisades. That is on six oh nine channel. Wrote I remember us seeing that house though. Like oh, we were, and like we a were, tour. Yeah, we were on that tour that one time. The one time Poppy let us go on a tour, and where we went to the Hollywood Hills and the and Beverly Hills. Remember? Mm-hmm. So and I remember them saying this is where Beverly Hills Cop was hmm. was filmed. Oh. So that's what, that was kind of what piqued my interest. And um, so what are your nerd words? <laughs> that kind of just fizzled
0: out. Well, no, I didn't. I've been, I'm trying to think of what Pancentia is in this.
1: All right. Placentia, P-L-A-C-E-N-T-I-A, California. Okay. Placentia? Ah,
2: uh, yes. That sounds more familiar i mean that sounds like what comes out of you when you have a baby yeah
1: placentia it's really placentia i don't i mean there yeah there's a lot of places here and that sounds more it does sound well done christine thank you yeah okay so
0: 1984 I was just like, I've never heard that place. But that happens to me frequently, especially when I first moved here, is that I would hear places on the news and or hear people talking about them. And then I would look at maps and I would be like, man, they don't... And then be like Tahunga, And I was like, oh. Sepulveda. Yeah, Sepulveda. We're on Sepulveda.
1: No, yeah. it's Sepulveda.
0: Like, that's why I, I was just... Keeping it to myself because like somebody who is uh, has a hard time reading these these
2: names out wow. can get really, really tricky. Well, in New York, that's like here, tell me how the city is Houston, but the street is Houston. Oh, yes. yes, Yeah. yes. And then there's a place there's a street, it's called Kajusko Street, but New Yorkers call it Koskiascu. See? Yeah, I was like the, the MTA driver next up Kosciuszko Street. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's Kosciuszko, but <laughs> no, we're all we're all going with this. OK, so you didn't so have
1: probably some Polish guy. <laughs> you didn't have either, her, either of her aunts in there. I mean, there's, like,
2: there's this TikTok account and this girl's talking about like if you're from New York, uh, there's a Graham. She's not. It's like it's not Graham Avenue. It's Graham. Okay. Shit. <laughs> Got to. Yeah, you gotta learn it all. Yeah. They're always gonna know I'm not from here.
0: Yeah. 1984. Great. Well, an interesting year. So the TED c- t- conference is founded. You know, TED, like Talk. TED talks. Yeah. In 1984.
2: 1884?
0: Here. Did you know what TED stands for?
2: It's, it's Something. Technology, name. entertainment, design.
0: Yes. I nice. to listen to them all the time.
2: Mhm.
0: It's uh they give talks uh, maximum 18 minutes. i I'm
2: just trying to stay, you know, inspirational as a leader. I know. <laughs> and you totally are. Good job. CIA
0: agent William Francis Buckley is kidnapped in Beirut, Lebanon. Like mm-hmm. the There was things popping off in Beirut, Lebanon. We had Marines there, and they were coming back. So President Reagan, he signs the National Security Decision Directive 138, which is drafted by Oliver North that outlines how to get American hostages released from Iran while also neutralizing alleged terrorist threats from countries like, let's just say, Nicaragua, and thus... The Iran Contra affair was born, and so was crack.
1: Ah, amazingly, at the same time. At the same time. Who Crazy. could see that coming? I know. In, in this movie, when they're
0: getting off the cocaine, who knew that it was from Ali North and the United, courtesy of the United States government. Awesome. Um, and sadly, William Francis Buckley did not survive his ordeal. The U.S. researchers announced the discovery of the AIDS virus. Oh, yes. Yes. Here's something. Liechtenstein, tiny, tiny country in Europe. It is. Becomes the last country in Europe to grant women the right to vote.
1: What the fuck? Liechtenstein. 1984? Yeah, it was just kind of hanging out there doing its thing. Isn't it a principality?
0: Yes! And I was like, ah, there you have it.
1: The
0: 1984...
1: BTW, we were in Liechtenstein at some point. I mean, it might have been a drive-thru. You have no rights. (laughs) None. Keep it moving, lady.
0: (laughs) We don't want to hear no sass from you. The 1984 Olympics were held in Los Angeles. And guess what day they opened? August 15th. No. You July sec- 28th. Indeed. July 28th, 1984.
1: They opened the day your brother was born. I think that explains why I don't I think really he remember. I came out to the Olympics uh, song. The do 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 do. do, do. No, ah! he, he came out. Yeah, that that explains that.
0: it. <laughs> the sum the Winter Olympics were also held in eighty four and they were held in Sarajevo, Yugoslavia. Yes. Um, Bernard Goates shot four young black men on the New York City subway car in Manhattan. Yes. yes. That's that was that's the whole thing. Um, and the world learns about a famine that's happening in Ethiopia. remember? And then last week we had gone in, in cast, remember
1: where uh-huh.
0: it, there was this whole thing of <laughs> and here we are. Band-Aid gives uh-huh. us uh, the all-time great Queen performance <laughs> and also the highly problematic Christmas time staple, do they even know it's Christmas? Oh, it's <laughs> Which? So- <laughs> It's a BOP, but it, it is like when you when you really think about it, you're just like, this is pretty condescending.
1: Yes, yeah. it is.
2: But
1: they know it's it's from God's mouth himself. So what are you gonna do? Yeah, you know.
0: Um the top five films of nineteen eighty-four. Number five, The Karate Kid. <gasps> number I mean, number four, Gremlins. <gasps>
1: Oh, my you, God! You know yeah. what?
0: My
2: parents got their cat in 1984 named Gremlin, because she looked like one of those Gremlins. Well, that's, that's
1: just free. She fucking Garland. hated
2: me. I wasn't born yet.
1: Yeah. Oh. oh, that's right. You weren't born yet. I'm sorry. I ruined be Gremlin's sweet. life
2: in 1987. <laughs> that cat lives to be like 20 years old. I I think that sometimes Mac looks like a little gremlin. He does look like a gremlin. <laughs> a one-eyed gremlin. Oh, so you, the, done, you haven't done gremlins, right? No. Okay. The number
0: three film, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. That was the number num- three? Mm-hmm. The number two film. This is United States. I didn't do international box office. This is the United States box office. The number two film was Ghostbusters. And the number one film of 1984, Beverly Hills Cop. It spent 13 consecutive weeks at the number one at the box office and then fell off in the 14th week. And in the 15th week came back to reclaim its spot. It was oh. amazing. And I saw an
2: article that was like, these these movies spent the most time on the box office. And it was like right underneath Titanic. Mm-hmm. Big hit,
0: big hit. And the Oscars that year. So we had nominated for Best Picture, a soldier story, places in the heart. A passage to India. The killing fields. That sounds interesting. Oh, it's dark. It's Cambodia. Sam Waterston. Oh not like a serial killer. Okay. No, it's it's Cambodia where they're just killing like it's in the name. Fields of killing is the killing. Yeah. Yeah. Was that the Khmer Rouge? Yeah, it was. Yeah. And the (laughs) the best picture winner, Amadeus.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. And those are the nerd alerts. Thank you so much. Christine, any nerd alerts today? Not for me. So we are going to reheatables our negatives first um go ahead
2: (laughs) oh okay well i have a question okay is scotch the same thing as whiskey
1: no but it's it's
2: gross right it's i is
0: it my personal opinion is that yes it's grosser it's a it's a smokier version
2: of whiskey but i like smoky like i like mezcal you might but be a scotch
0: like, drinker, then. I don't know about
2: that. Well, I don't know. I put scotch and soda as my negative, but. Get out of my head, Christine. You know I yeah. have that on my negatives. Why can't yeah. I smell scotch? It's like the um... <laughs> oh, tape.
1: Did she so say wrong. that was my problem? <laughs> I bet she said it's a, <laughs> it's a problem. Scorch. A scorching soda,
0: please. Um
1: <laughs> It is a whiskey. Wait, okay.
0: Yeah, it's a type of it's like how bourbon's a type of whiskey. It's, it's a it malt different-
1: whiskey or a grain whiskey made in Scotland.
0: Mm-hmm. Like how bourbon is whiskey that's made in Kentucky and it has to have a certain
2: mash stuff. I guess it depends on the soda then because maybe a scotch and like a Sprite would be nice. Yeah. It's it's like,
0: okay. I, I remember my, but then I'm a gin drinker and people talk stuff about gin. Like I could do scotch. It's just, for me, scotch is for people who like things difficult.
1: My aunt, my aunt was a scotch drinker, and uh, it was, oh, God, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, Aunt Sissy? I'm sorry, Aunt Sissy? Yes. Yes, Aunt White, Aunt Black. <laughs> yes, I excuse me, I, I I fixed my, I made my correction. Thank you. Um. Oh. Wow, okay, um, well, I'd like, you know what we need is a little, like, Glenn Levitt or something to... That's what we're gonna do in May when we come. We're gonna give you some scotch and see how it goes. I think, but I think it has to be like a, um, not the like a. It doesn't need to be
0: a single barrel age, but I also think it needs to be a little bit higher up because remember, well, the last time you guys came out to visit me, Ma, we got Poppy was talking to the guy, found out that Poppy yes. was in the military and he gave him some extra bottles. And it was, I believe it was what you just said, the Glenn Levy. Glenn thing. Levitt, yeah. And and Poppy was like, no, you can have that. Like, good luck if you. Will. He was gonna toss, throw them away, and I was like, no, wait, wait, wait.
1: Let's let's just oh. try it first. If we have any wounds, we can pour it on there to <laughs> dis- disinfect.
0: So you know, I did my due diligence and I had it. And then I had a friend uh, gave me some Buchanan's, Never and so I had that. that. And it's it's just. I mean I drank
1: the bottle but it's uh, it's like drinking it took, okay. a, it took a while like um like a chimney yeah a, 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 yeah a disinfectant it's like drinking lysol But maybe.
0: but I wouldn't some
1: know people, I never drank lysol but there's
0: some people who they can't stand gin you know that they they say the same thing so they their that. own i think i think that that sounds like a very good fun family outing
1: trip thing at a bar. We will all try scotch. We won't all. I might try a sip of yours but I'm not actually spending the money on it. But yeah, we're going to get Christine some scotch this trip. There you go. Okay. Um,
2: Michael Jackson sitting on Top of the World didn't reheat very well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was on Top of the World, I guess. He was. Oh, he was.
0: Oh, man. Playboy
2: actually did write an article called something similar. And but it was the nickname for. Eddie Murphy was sitting on top of the world. Oh, good for you. Yeah. Me. Um, they talked chest hair. They talked about chest hair. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. And then they said the why do you have your shirt open like that? Like it's like the chest of a dog. No one wants to see it. Yeah. Oh,
0: but I like dog chests.
1: Yeah, but on a dog, yeah. not on a human. Yeah. And those were my negatives. Outstanding. Erin? My negatives. Oh, <laughs> like yeah, you mentioned
0: before, we're watching all the scenes in Detroit. I was kind of like, well, wait, how long has Detroit been in decline? Because this is 84. yeah, And I've been hearing about Detroit's decline forever. So I did a little bit of recon and I saw that Detroit's decline in population plummeted 25% between 2000 and 2010. And I was like, but
2: this movie more? was... More? Yes, this movie was in 84.
0: It was like at the bottom then. Well, it wasn't the bottom. It was, it thought, and then it broke through more. There was like, no, there's still... It thought oh, it hit the bottom. The and glass was, bottom. Yeah, and then <laughs> the it was creaky. Bottom. And I was like, no, there's more to fall. Um, So the auto industry, the height of the auto industry was 1948 to 1967. So I guess after the height, then it was just the uh, come down. Because
1: the sixties, Detroit had a a lot of riots, a lot of, um, a lot of uh, people protesting the lack of equality for people of color that well, were called yeah, riots me, at the time. S- let
0: me just recap. Okay. The the height of the auto industry was nineteen forty eight, and that's when like 48 you have that's part of the great migration northward Uh so Uh a lot of people a lot of black people left the south and went to new york to get nice good paying automobile jobs and the plants and the factories and stuff right so and then so that's why there was such a a big population there and then the (laughs) but they're like oh jim crow's gonna follow me (laughs) yeah It it didn't just stay in the south what is this so A story as old as the United States of America. I have Mikey. He just got out of jail and he shows up at his cop best friend's house. Exactly. With with German bear bonds. Yes.
1: Mikey, he's a cop. And the cop's kind of looking out for him a ton.
0: And the final negative Reheatable as how there were absolutely no female police officers whatsoever. There's only <laughs> one female cast member. Right. It was Jenny. Yeah, yes. and
2: I saw a meme today that said, Not sure why the FBI is mostly guys, because a girl's ability to find stuff out is unmatched.
1: Yes. Word. Yes. Okay, well, I have... Uh, the gay impersonations. I mean, we had Balky, uh, Bronson Pinchot. And Surge. And then there was another one that was more pronounced than that. When
0: Eddie I, Murphy uh, pretends to,
1: to be, be gay. A lover. Yeah, I but,
0: mean, like, Bronson Pinchot, I read an article or an interview or something with him, and he... He was gonna be made the butt of jokes, and like Axel was just, you know, supposed to go in on him, and they didn't. They they liked how sweet and nice he was. He was just doing his accent, basically of a like another. Like I think it was his hairdresser or somebody. It, and I think it was a woman too, and just because he was like. Don't be stupid. Like he, that was her catchphrase, and so uh-huh. he just did that, and everybody commented on how sweet he is. So, it's 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 a it's a weird thing because of the times. Like we just are now discovering that they're just now putting a name to this disease that has ravaged the homosexual community, and like oh, there's yeah. a virus called AIDS. So for considering its times, it, it would kind of. Like, you think it's going to be super bad, and you're kind of like, oh, he's.
1: I didn't mind him. I didn't mind him. And then I wondered, why didn't I mind him? Because he was pretty much just being a character. But then Eddie Murphy took it over the top when he was being a pre- cop. That's that propaganda doing okay. anything
0: to get okay. anything that needs to get done to get the case solved.
1: I have bad shots. I knew when I wrote Bad Shots, I wasn't going to know what it was,
0: but I, just, I don't know.
1: You're just shooting from the hip? Like like really? Yes. Yeah. Like, I feel like when I was coming up, police officers were supposed to shoot your knees, your hips, <laughs> your shoulder, you know? Like, they were supposed to be, you're holding a gun, you shoot that person's shoulder so they can't
2: deal with say. the gun
1: anymore instead of going hard? for the kill shots. And huh? th-
0: isn't that difficult? And also yeah. the Blue Ash Ohio police are <laughs> I'm Roman. she's flicking me off
1: people. She is giving me her daughter the finger right now. I really thought that, that was, those were like supposed to be the first shots fired and or... then if that doesn't work. Is that was that copaganda you were
0: told? Well my okay. That's I don't I remember hearing about that too, but then as I got older and, and went to a firing range, I was like, how much time are these cops putting in to, to really hone their craft? Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. You gotta take out a kneecap, you gotta take out a shoulder.
1: You know who could take out a kneecap or a shoulder? Your a grandma. That's who could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should have had that information before I committed. We are now two positive reheatables. Eddie Murphy's laugh. Yes. Uh, palm trees in LA weather. I mean, come uh-huh. on. Tell me about it. Y'all jabronis. The whole Rolling Stone bit when he was checking into the hotel. I mean, the, if if we're not going to get reparations,
0: then at least, at the very least. Although a lot of
1: people had a problem with that, I'm sure they did. But agreed. I mean, if you can get away with it, go ahead. Uh, he was he was uh, pretending to be a Rolling Stone magazine journalist who was going to uh, uh, print that he couldn't check into this Beverly Hills hotel. Wouldn't work today, people. Wouldn't work today. Well, it, it could. You could try it. I know somebody who would. A <laughs> nice hotel, like Teenie said last week. Mm-hmm. I like a nice hotel.
2: And to be got sta- away with that.
1: We're going to be staying yeah. in a nice hotel when we come up. And the dude who died, he died good.
0: Getting the, the back of
1: his head blown off? The, and he stumbled. I don't. Oh he, no!
0: You're talking about Mike from Breaking Bad. What he did is whole. Death yeah, yeah,
1: he died good. He had a good dying scene. Yes. Others.
2: I have. Um. Oh, pool. Play pool.
1: Yes, I thought of you. I think mm-hmm. I challenged you. Your mom
2: was pretty good at
1: pool. Maybe I. I didn't. Never mind.
2: All right, let's do it when you're here after we have our scotch. Yeah, give um, her the scotch. She'll run the table. Let's do it. I'm gonna win. Um, vacation shirt. Mike's vacation shirt. I liked it. Oh yeah. That's Eddie. Uh, and then uh, the hotel looked very nice and definitely yes, worth $235 a night.
1: Which now would be $600. $600 something. I think we're probably like what thousand. we're paying at the hotel where we're staying. Yeah. Is that it? I, yeah. It's your turn.
0: I have the opening truck carnage seen through Detroit. Just so much just crumpled Detroit metal just getting crumpled up. How did I not put that here? I have uh, the, the stray shot that Cleveland takes. <laughs> There's the quote. I do security checks all over the nation. With the exception of Cleveland, this place has the worst security I uh, just, yeah. just love anytime Cleveland gets a stray shot. Um, I like when Axel's trying to figure out Taggart and, and Rosewood, and he comes up with the whole that whole super cop thing, which was an improv of Eddie Murphy, and if you'll notice the guy who plays Taggart he's like pinching his nose, but he's really just cracking up laughing. Yeah, he's
1: trying so hard not to laugh. Because
0: a lot of the scene with the three of them was just improvised,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: There were so many takes that got ruined because cast and crew would just crack up, which you would. And then this was something that I had heard um, before watching this. And I'm like, oh, how interesting. So in the 1980s, like before this, Eddie Murphy, he had done, uh, like in his stand-up comedy, some of it hasn't aged particularly well because it was very uh, homophobic comedy and so it's interesting because so you have eddie murphy's homophobic stand-up comedy and you have 80s tropes and then you have the caste system in america all collide to make axel foley an oddly gay friendly character and there's some people who make the argument that axel foley is really gay and here are the arguments mikey is his is really his boyfriend and because at that bar scene mikey's like what you know they're like why did you take the fall and he's like because i love you and yeah. then when it cuts next to them and they're walking arm in arm back yeah. up you know to his place um so you know it's it's just funny like when you go you're like oh interesting when he he takes taggart and rosewood to a strip joint But you'll notice that he spends more time looking around than at the girls. Mm -hmm. And he talks about their dicks a lot. (laughs) So it was was interesting. Um, Jenny goes up to his hotel room and is laying on his bed. And, I mean, that's just cast because the movie producers and studios, they wanted this film to be shown in the South. So there was never going to be any sort of... Love scene Mm-mm. with that,
1: and Actually, this is '84.
0: Yeah, exactly. But all of this adding up, when you watch it in 2022, you're like, is Axel Foley, at the very least, bisexual? Like, huh?
1: I don't know if you're allowed to say this out loud.
0: And then Axel pretends to be Maitland's lover. There's that scene that you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier, and it worked, didn't it? And then there was the there was a scene where when he was spying and it was these two guys and it seemed like they were discussing how one of them might be gay. And I don't know. It it was, it was just weird to me. I was like, wait, are they, is that what those two guys are discussing? Um, Axel never mocks Serge. He, he always has like fun with, with Serge. There's never any mocking. It seems like he's enjoying his company. The, banana in a tailpipe? Oh, okay. okay. I mean, it, it's highly problematic <laughs> on many different levels, but then I read that it was supposed to be a potato. The Axel was supposed to go into the hotel kitchen and get a potato, yeah. but due to time constraints, they had to cut the scene. They couldn't shoot that scene, so they they had to go to the scene that was already lit, because with, with movies and stuff, like the lighting is what takes forever. Everybody has to set up lighting and all that stuff, so that that uh, hotel or wherever when he, when Damon Waynes is as the banana man, that was already lit. so they had to look around to find something to put in a tailpipe because it was hmm. already lit. and they said that it was Eddie Murphy's idea that it was the banana. I I don't that's just what I just what I read. so it was supposed to be a potato, but it ended up being a banana.
1: So three bananas.
0: It was three. uh, That hasn't aged the the best, but I just, I think it's very interesting that how good that is aged of like, look Uh at how progressive Axel Foley is because of how unprogressive 1984 was. It's like, ah, a broken clock is right twice a day.
1: Ooh, Wow. Okay, so I had uh, three things that were on the fence. Are they good or are they bad? Oh. So you guys weigh in. Three piece suits in Los Angeles seems really hot to me. That extra vest. Well, now I don't uh, see
2: really a reason to be wearing those unless you're at a wedding.
1: I will Go, next, point out.
2: Though,
0: I will point out though, you're talking like you come to visit me. We're over here in the Valley, Beverly Hills. That's a different oh, climate zone.
1: Oh, It's cast. a lot,
0: a lot cooler over there.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Sometimes, if you have a nice torso, I don't mind a nice, a nice three-piece suit.
1: I don't either, but uh, okay. It was uh, okay. Um, before cell phones, cell phones would have fixed every issue that we had in this movie. Pretty. much. 80s hair comments questions it no, was way, it was it was uh, permed to the Too point much of product that's bad Yep, yeah. no not good right is right. it coming back oh, though although I don't mind I don't. don't mind the volume
0: see that's what I'm saying
1: no I don't mind the volume but I agree that the um like it was like it good. touched did it, it would just crinkle and yeah yeah okay. We are to quotables. Make sure we get the right drinks, because if I get club soda, I'm going to throw up. Yeah, that one, too. And my other quotable is, okay, so it's at the end of the movie. Eddie Murphy has been shot. He's sitting in an ambulance, I think, and a, a police detective, a furry crust dude comes up and goes, what's he doing here? And Eddie Murphy goes, Oh, so he goes, what's this man doing here? And Eddie Murphy goes, bleeding, sir. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Other quotables.
2: I have, when he was trying to sneak into to to Maitland's office, whoever his name was, and he was pretending to be the floral delivery guy, and they're like, you can't take it out. He was, uh, Eddie Murphy goes, floral delivery is my life. I'll have to take it out. (laughs) And then he had his beat-up car.
1: Was it Mm a Chevy
2: Nova? Chevy
1: Nova, it was indeed.
2: And um, when he went to the restaurant or the hotel, somewhere, he was getting it valet parked. And uh, it was like all these other really nice cars, like Beverly Hills cars. And he said, can you put this in a good spot? All this shit happened last time I parked here. Yes. (laughs) And I also did have a thought about when they were, I was like, how are they just finding parking anywhere they need to be?
1: Yes. So I
2: like that they kind of acknowledged that when he was with, what's her name, Susan? I don't know her name. Um, Yeah, Yeah, Jenny. And yeah, and they were going to the car and he was like, oh, what are you driving? She was like, oh, in Beverly Hills, we just take whatever car's closest. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I
0: have the quote, disturbing the peace. I got thrown out of a window. What's the fucking charge for getting pushed out of a moving car? Huh? Jaywalking. <laughs> uh, I guess somebody says, yeah, Jenny, don't worry about me. We got cocaine and coffee here. We're going to get wired and have a big party. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And when, <laughs> uh Jenny says, I'm driving. I've seen your car. And He's like, oh, shit, that's cold. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole like Judge Reinhold thing when he was so, like, well, you eat a lot of red meat. I was talking about just the red meat and stuff. Um, and, oh, man, I did like Gil Hill's stuff when he just came in. He was like, you damn right, wise ass. The mayor called the chief. The chief called the deputy chief. The deputy chief just chewed my ass out. You don't see I have any bit of it left, don't you? And when he was like, <laughs> the that the same guy was like, this
1: stinks to high heaven. Okay, LVPs. Okay. Uh, Go
2: ahead, oh. Tini. Oh. I read propaganda as mine. Ah. Same here.
1: Mine was, okay, at the beginning, when this big-ass truck is, you know, trying to elude the police. And, and, yeah, it was a movie and it didn't matter, but it's just the thought of... Trashing other people's personal property. Yeah. Those people are are paying insurance on their car, you know, or some of them don't have insurance. It's their only mode of transportation. You're just running down the street, running into it. Just there was a lot of trashing other people's personal property. Yeah. The bad
0: guys were (laughs) bad guys didn't care about trashing the. Yeah. That's true. But yeah, but then yeah, I would say um to add on the propaganda specifically, what is it? The qualified immunity, because there's a whole lot of people that end up getting killed in this movie and the bad guy illegal shootout
1: thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and like what you were saying earlier about like oh I thought that they had to shoot in the chest and stuff, but I'm like when you have qualified immunity, like when you're gonna get off regardless how. Yeah. Where's the incentive to just maim somebody? That's true.
1: (laughs) That's true. Okay. I have a runner up for MVP, Mm -hmm. and it is the music. Wow. And my MVP is Charming Eddie Murphy, because this, he can be abrasive and harsh, but this was Charming Eddie Murphy, you know, helping with the propaganda situation.
2: I had Eddie Murphy's laugh.
0: Wow, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Well, mine is right off the bat. I mean, it's the whole reason that I picked this, the soundtrack.
1: Yes, you got stir
0: it up by Patti LaBelle, the yeah. neutron dance, which was the song that was playing during the whole Detroit carnage thing. Um, that song was written by Ali Willis and Danny Sembello. They also wrote "The Stir It Up." The songwriters they wrote they were originally for the Neutron Dance because if you I had closed captioning on and like during the week and stuff when I was listening to this I'm like, what is this song about? Because "Stir It Up" is it's uh that uh what's her name Ali Willis. Was going through something for writing these two songs because they're. I like songs that are super poppy, but then when you stop and listen to them, you're like, oh, this person's going through something actually. <laughs> Interesting. I'm over here bopping to this. Um, so the scene for new for the song Neutron Dance, the writers wrote it for a film where there's a scene on a bus leaving town after there's been a nuclear holocaust. And so the neutron bomb, I think, was in the news a lot, apparently, in 84. I know this is the height of the Cold War, so there's definitely bomb talkage going on. Um, The songwriter Ali Willis said, quote, It meant someone could push the button tomorrow and we could all go up in smoke, so make your change now. Oh, God. Yeah, because when you listen to it, it's I'm like bopping, but then, you know, on my runs and stuff, I'm just like, wait, but what is the... Neut- is that just like, I'm just going about doing with the atoms and neutrons and protons or doing? I don't know. It's wild. It's wild to think that all of that power, like with atomic energy, comes from these tiny cells, and yet that's all the cells that we are made of. So you're
1: like... Yeah, Tommy, Tommy's enjoying wildly <laughs> what I'm you saying. You know what would be a great drinking game for our podcast? At what point in the podcast does Mac throw up Snips. and eat it? And then at what point in the podcast does Tommy start snoring? I know,
2: he's completely He's in.
1: out. But he he's adorable. He's sitting is. on his. A-
2: Sleeping on his toy, his face mm-hmm. is smushed up in his He's bed. He's so cute. I could love see him. It.
1: I leave him I know. I, love it. I think it's a great drinking game.
0: So, Ali Willis also wrote, she mm-hmm. co-wrote September by Earth, Wind, and Fire.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this woman like wrote some hits. September. TD <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Something like that, but yes. She also co-wrote the Friends theme song. Oh, my God. Really? Mm-hmm. And she attended Mumford High School in Detroit.
2: Those t-shirts. Oh, that's who it was?
0: Because well, uh, I didn't have the Tasty
1: Titty about that.
0: Yeah, other people we in production, the they also
1: went to Mumford, but mm-hmm. I know okay. like,
0: she definitely did.
1: I um, remember. I remember those t-shirts, like, selling out. Was it possible to do that online at the time? Yeah, they they said the school got orders from all over the world. Yeah,
0: I remember that. And so she obviously grew up in Detroit, and she would hang out outside of Motown. And um, Bonnie Raitt was the first musician to cover one of her songs. Wow. Wow. Also, my Bonnie Raid has a new album coming out soon. So, Ooh, Christmas
1: present. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I will have to play it nonstop when Not, we are together so non-stop. you guys know it and can say, no, people, I under this is Bonnie Raid. Just, I know it. So, in addition to Stir It Up
0: and Neutron Dance, there's also Patti LaBelle's New Attitude. There's mm-hmm. The Heat Is On by Glenn Fry mm-hmm. and Axel and F. Which we've already mentioned. So it would this the soundtrack was it won Grammys. It was a big hit.
1: Smash. Oh, well. Yep. So that is the end of our quotables. Our MVP. LVPs. MVPs. MVPs. MVP. MVP. Oh, sorry, people. Last week I, I couldn't drink and so this week I made up for it. So now we are to recast it. So I thought, well, let's just go with a Girls Trip recast. Oh, oh, Axel would be Tiffany Haddish. Absolutely. Huh? Uh, I could see Amber Ruffin in there. Oh yes. As well as the other people from Girls Trip, you know, coming in. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna cancel Jada right now, so she can she could be the Fredo of the movie (laughs) okay so that was my recasting i didn't do one Ah, surprise
0: so So for my recasting because my lvp was copaganda (laughs) so i was like let's let's make axel not a cop in in this i didn't want to recast his oh you read you read the movie I kind of, I was like, what if, what if a social worker takes a vacation and investigates a crime
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. or something
0: like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, So it's funny that you said that like, with girls trip So for Axel, this, my recasting is really lazy. Axel is Regina Hall. Cause I just, I just feel like. Just throw a Regina in there. Yeah. Just, just, I would love to still watch that. Rosewood. I have Anna Klumski. Because she seems like she would be really good. Rosewood, and then as Taggart, I have Kathy Bates. Oh,
1: like let's not forget all, about Kathy. Right? Bates. Right? And if this was yeah. if this
0: was a, a social worker <laughs> like action comedy, I feel like Kathy Bates and Anna Klumsky would be good social workers. It'd be tough though to, for the comedy in the in my action social worker. <laughs> just because it. It would probably, no, I would, they're not investigating a, a child murder. It would be like her friend
1: gets murdered and she goes yeah. on
0: vacation.
1: Cause I got to say social workers have got to have a great sense of humor just to be wow. able to get up the next day. Rory Scurlock. Yeah. <gasps> yes. I don't know
0: how they like, doing The Lord's work. I don't know exactly. how oh my gosh. And, and talk sometimes the humor. And sometimes
1: yeah. the Lord lets you down, so you gotta have it must be dark,
2: dinner. but yep.
0: Yeah. Where's yeah. the where's the uh, social worker baganda and the teacher baganda? I guess we're oh. kind of seeing the teacher beganda with Abbott Elementary.
1: <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, it's so okay. And this is coming
0: from a, a tea like when I told Ma about Abbott Elementary, she was she didn't want to watch it because she has been a teacher for oh my gosh, years. 30 years. Yeah, plus, thirty plus. So it was kind of like like I never got on the office bandwagon because I worked in an office and I didn't want to. Why am I gonna remind myself of it? So I I respect. I was like I think you would really like it, but and so she watched the first episode and she <laughs> she couldn't I was get over the lunch
1: break. She couldn't get over the lunch
0: break. break, and I was like, Ma, like you can't have it ex- like it needs to be entertaining and. Like, no offense, but a real school day.
1: Like, take what is real and that they turn and can spin oh, it. God. Oh, God. The seasoned teacher of the kindergartners who always wears, talk about a three piece suit. You know, her her suit and her, her pumps and her nylons, every, oh, so good. It is so good. The I wish I had had that administrator. <laughs> she was she's funny oh so funny okay so we are now two tasties. tasties I have waiting. a couple go ahead oh so. we already said Axel was originally
2: to be played by Sylvester Stallone or Mickey Rourke mm-hmm.
1: yes. <laughs>
2: Mickey Rourke so. I mean Sylvester Stallone yeah both of them be a different taken movie. it would have been way too actiony
0: well wait yeah. teeny you can watch what that movie is because he went on to make it and it's a film called Cobra. Oh. Like he took all of the things that he want because he wanted to make it a serious action film and there's that 80s film Cobra and it's basically what he wanted to, this film to be. Oh.
2: Mhm. Um we already talked about his t-shirt. You could buy it on any fucking website these days, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah,
1: I'm sure. Gilbert
2: Hill, a real-life Detroit police homicide detective, played Inspector Todd. Hill later served as president of the Detroit City Council.
1: Wow,
2: okay. And this was the first film to be released to over 2,000 theaters in the United States.
1: Really? 84, wow. That's what I read. (laughs) um
2: the shot of the palm trees and eddie driving into beverly hills is supposed to be a parody of the intro to the beverly hillbillies tv show oh yeah (laughs) there was a lot of tasty titties then i stopped writing them after that
1: uh yeah there were a lot there were a lot erin
2: I have that um, also
0: in consideration was Richard Pryor, Al Pacino, James Kahn, and that Harrison Ford actually turned the role down. Um, I have that Martin Scorsese turned it down (laughs) to direct it Mm
1: because it reminded
0: him of another film. Um, This one, the People's Choice Award for Favorite Motion Picture. It was nominated for a Golden Globe Award, Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy and oddly enough, it was nominated for Best Original Screenplay, which was funny because the screenplay, like they were rewriting it up until, like days, like when they were shooting, they
1: would be... Because there was so much improvisation. Yeah.
0: And that they kept like rewriting it, and they were, so it was kind of being written on the fly. So I, I wonder what they submitted for the original screenplay. But then, you know, the the Academy is weird anyway. Um it won the Grammy for Best Score soundtrack for visual media. And there are two sequels, Beverly Hills Cop 2 and Beverly Hills Cop 3. In 2013, there's a show, a television show where it's Axel Foley's son. Oh. And then I read that Netflix has a deal to produce a fourth film. Wow. So, let's see. Um This is the first of seven Eddie Murphy movies in a row to open number one at the box office. He was, he was on top of his way. He is just, he backed out of Ghostbusters to do this movie. Oh, shit. But
1: I, that was a wise choice. Yeah. It worked out
0: for everyone.
1: Like he would have had to share the spotlight with the other dudes in Ghostbusters. And this was his vehicle.
0: Here's something, ma. So you know when Mickey places the bet in the bar, mm-hmm. he had the guy says eight ball corner pocket two cushions, mm-hmm. but when you see it, it's three cushions. So Mickey actually won the bet, or Mikey actually won the bet.
1: Oh. Hmm?
0: And when they're in the strip club, it's a Vanity Six song that was written by Prince nasty girl yes that's what's playing be and it was suggested by the real life stripper named mouse who was hired for the scene Cuz like so, you need to play this
1: outstanding girl? <laughs> yeah outstanding i like that i don't and like you pretending to be a nasty girl however
0: you're know, like, it's just, it's just shoulder movements.
1: Yeah, that's all. I- you know,
0: they're, they're the the poles back there, so you don't
1: see nothing.
0: <laughs> um, the German bonds are mislabeled. So they said there was a 10, they had 10,000 mark, but in West Germany, they used the Deutsch mark. Right. And East Germany used the mark, except East Germany bonds didn't exist.
1: No. Because they had no money. And
0: in Germany, the comma functions as the dis- decimal point. Decimal point. In right. our money. So really, Mikey stole 10 marks.
1: <laughs> they yeah. were
0: worth 10. Like he stole a fictional thing that its value was only 10 marks. Yeah. Which was at the time less than a
1: Less a than dollar. a dollar.
0: So it per was mark. less right. than $10
1: that he right. st- died
0: for it looked
1: so good though yeah i mean all the different colors and the different you know men on them yeah was like oh this has to be a
0: bona fide and official no those are my tasty titties
1: i have that sylvester stallone got the part Mm -hmm. but he began the rewrites to make it less comical and more action and he lost the part and then, like, okay, I, like, there's wild stories about Don
0: Simpson, and that he wanted, as Sylvester Stallone is making it more serious, okay, this is like Wikipedia, so I'm getting into
1: just allegedly territory here,
0: just getting, spilling all the tea and getting
1: wildly there Okay, our lawyers are paying attention.
0: Uh, Don Simpson in a ploy to get Sylvester Stallone off the picture was like, hey, so it's just there's like this treatment that you can do that's like this super enhanced turbo charging penile kind of thing, like procedure that you can go do. And so, like, hooked him up with that to get him off the movie and then hired Eddie Murphy, which it just seems. But then Don Simpson was known to be over the top. That When the man died, he had 2,000 prescription bottles just lined up. Like, this man. Oh, my God. It, in, like, all the Hollywood, you know, big-time, over-the-top producers and stuff, they there there was a thing called the Don Simpson discount factor where anything that he said, you had to take away some of the exaggeration. So it would wow. just be... Because the man was just wild.
1: You know what? Give him his props. He, yeah. He, yeah. Okay. So I have... Eddie Murphy improvised much of the comedic lines. Mm-hmm. John Landis, who huge. thriller, edit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He said the script was one of the worst he'd ever seen, but that Eddie Murphy saved it.
0: Well, that's the thing with this thing. Okay. Depending on who you're talking about. Michael Eisner, he claimed, at because at the time he went on to oh, be Michael, in charge of I, Disney. Nice. Well, okay, but he, for he was driving an old station wagon in L.A. and got pulled over by the cops, and the cops were super condescending towards him, and he realized like, oh, in Los Angeles you get treated based on your car. Cause he's a white man. So he, so he has yeah. to immediately go to like, why am I being disrespected? It must be this car I'm in. So then that's where he got the idea of taking somebody and putting them a fish out of water mm-hmm. story. So everybody had Don Simpson claims that he is the one that came up with this, all these people. So the, one of the the screenwriters he wrote a script in 1977 that was like floating around, and then, and that's how all these things happen in Hollywood. It takes so long for these things to develop because then people get attached to it, and they're like, "I like that, but I'm gonna take out the comedy, and I'm gonna right, make it dramatic, right, and, right. I like that and I'm gonna." They didn't want it to like the director. Uh, purposely did not want race to be an issue, wanted it to be class. And the times where it does come in, it's because of Eddie Murphy's improvisation
1: because Uh he's gonna improv with what he knows, Mm -hmm. right? He's gonna bring his life into it. Okay, well, back to the house. Uh, Mal Mal Maitland, Maitland, yes, Maitland house. Okay, do you know? That house that we actually saw was originally owned by Bugsy Siegel, the mobster, who was portrayed as Bugsy, and that was Warren Beatty portrayed him in Bugsy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, in the 1990s, Madonna lived there with Warren Beatty probably, but not at this time. Now it's a private home, so you can't, but yeah, okay. Well, that is the end of (laughs) Beverly Hills Cop. So you guys have a dilemma for next week. I have a choice. Uh, Christine, did you see any of Saturday Night Live last night? Mm -mm. You are going to love Pete Davidson's Little uh, song video. video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About long ass movies. Oh, so okay. these are the choices. Now, I'm Amadeus I'm made a cameo. That's, that made me laugh. March 29th was Vietnam Veterans Day. Now, our Vietnam veterans never got the homecoming they deserved. And they really bear, have buried March 29th. I've never heard of that. Right. And so there is a movie, Christine. This is a critically acclaimed war drama. Called Coming Home? It is three hours and three minutes long. Three hours? I know. From 1978. So there's that movie. Is it, or, is it Jane Fonda? No. Or... Oh. We can do a 1973 movie that is one hour, 45 minutes that is a comedy crime movie. So you have three hours, three minutes versus one hour, 45 minutes. 1978, given our Vietnam veterans their props, as opposed to 1973. Well, then you put it on, you either
2: give your Vietnam veterans some props or choose a comedy movie. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Ooh. I gotta choose that one, I guess. Which one? The v- I can't go against Is it movie. Apocalypse Now?
1: It is not, but you thought it was. This is critically acclaimed. The Deer Hunter. It's It's heavy. This is some heavy shit. The Deer Hunter versus a
0: 1973 kind of, kind of light. It's 1973. What's up, doc? It is not. I was like, we have to do what's up, doc. Oh, the Deer Hunter. You got Meryl Streep. You got De Niro. De Niro. De Niro. And who's the blonde boy, right?
1: You got Christopher Walken.
0: Oh, yeah, it was Christopher
1: Walken. It's some heavy shit. So, do you want to go to heavy shit or light shit? We never figured out what the light shit was in 73. No, you didn't. Hmm. So, you're
0: basically saying the deer hunter or... I don't know what the... I can't choose if I don't know what the light Okay,
1: so it was a Peter Bagdanovich movie. 1973, Madeline Kahn was in it. Okay, so I'm going to...
0: Paper Moon?
1: Bo- yeah. yeah. Are so you are kidding you- me?
0: You're asking me to pick between Paper Deer Moon Hunter and the Deer and Hunter. Paper-
1: That's Deer- right.
0: Here's the problem, I- Christine. I've seen them both, so I can't pick. I-, I give you hard choices. And Paper Moon is one of my all-time favorite films of all time.
1: Wow, we are just being so disrespectful. So we can go with Paper Moon then. I mean, you can dismiss the Vietnam veterans who are, you know, continue to live and suffer.
0: Hey, Vietnam veterans! I watched all of Ken Burns's Vietnam documentary in a weekend, and I it messed me up. Could you pick
1: yourself up off the floor on Monday morning? I was I was shattered. Just I'm choosing Paper Moon. We will go with 1973's Paper Moon. I don't feel like being shattered this week. It's it's harsh, but at some point we all need to acknowledge that this. I need, happened.
0: yeah, I need to. Okay, it. then let's do it. What?
1: No, we're gonna do Paper Moon. Oh, okay. Oh, The Deer Hunter could be a good Memorial Day. We okay. Can-
0: And we can just
1: decide that now and then not have to have an issue about it, okay?
0: All right, who's going to (laughs) remember?
1: I will remember Memorial Day.
0: I do want to, because, Deer Hunter, I saw when I was very young, so I think it'll be different.
1: Agreed. And I saw it when I was probably in 78-ish, so I'm going to bring a whole lot of, my lived life since then into it and we will do that at some time but oh my gosh I've I've wanted to do paper moon for since day one I know it was my choice and then on Facebook I saw some friends who were acknowledging Vietnam Veterans Day and then I went to Talk about, like, they need to, y'all need to look at what the cops
0: are out here doing, because that was the first I've ever heard of that. And I need to change my
1: calendar. I still have March up. I'm like. (laughs) Flip that page. Well, listeners, we hope you enjoyed our Beverly Hills Cop session. And next week we will do the delightful, although there are some problematic parts in it. Tankies. We get we
0: get Tatum O'Neill again, young Tatum O'Neill,
1: young Tatum O'Neill, who won an Oscar, and Ryan O'Neill in Paper Moon. It's great. Okay. Whoa.
0: Whoa. Bye.